Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. Today we're going to be answering the question of why does God want you to be holy? And there's so many reasons and so many benefits um, to having God's holiness in our life, Him, Him sanctifying and changing and improving our lives. But just to touch on a few, if you are holy, if God makes you holy, you can finally be fruitful. You can finally be productive in life and get things done, amazing things done. Having God's holiness in your life is going to help you avoid major mistakes in your life. Uh, Also, holiness, the holiness of God is going to help you understand what God freely gives you. And so I can't wait for you to listen in and be blessed to the answers of this question of why God wants you to be holy. But the question today is, why does God want you to be holy? And I'm going to give you several reasons. These are practical reasons. These are things that you can go home this week and think about and apply to your life and make it tasty to be holy. So you want to be holy. It's not just a, a vague, ambiguous term. But look at this in first in 2 Timothy verses 2. Uh, excuse me, chapter 2, verses 20 through 21, it says, but and I'm reading from the Amplified Version, so, so forgive me because it's a little bit wordy, but look at this. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware, some for honorable and noble use, in other words, some for holy use, some, th- some for God's purposes, but some for menial and ignoble use, in other words, unsanctified use, dirty use, if you will. All right. There's two types of utensils. There's two types of vessels in this example that the apostle Paul has given to Timothy. And so then in verse 22 to 21, it says, so whoever cleanses himself from what's ignoble, in other words, yucky (laughs) and unclean and separates himself from the contact from, from contaminated and corrupting influences And that's what you and I need to do. We need to separate ourselves from contaminating influences, from toxic relationships. Tina and I were at Irvine High School with a, man, every every week this, this, uh, this classroom gets more and more full, and Priscilla was there as well, more and more full of students. Now we have 20 students in there, and we talk about Jesus, and we talk about prayer, we talk about the Bible, and these kids are giving their hearts to the Lord. In fact, Michaela is the reason she's here because we went to Irvine. And she's brought her family and friends and, and so many others. In fact, it, at the, now I'm totally getting off on a rabbit trail, but at our picnic last week, uh, there was Michaela's family, and we were playing against them in softball, and I think they whooped us. It was bad. But I'll tell you what, we're in there, and, and we're telling them about the holy influence of God and getting rid of toxic influences in their life. The number one problem with human beings, but especially teenagers and young adults, is toxic influences. And it says here to cleanse yourself from those corrupting influences and then be a vessel set apart and used. Remember, for the last three weeks, we've been saying set apart is all about holiness. God sets you apart for to be used for an honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable. Look at this word, profitable. It's bolded up here. Profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. Now listen to me. We're talking about holiness. 
I told God about, I was in my late 40s, so it was probably about five, eight years ago. I remember telling God, God, I want you to get your investment out of me. You have been so patient. I was probably about 47. God, you have been so patient with me. You've poured so much attention and effort into me. The last thing that I want to do is use the last part of my life and not let you get your investment out of me. I want you to get a 100% rate of return for all the agonizing months and weeks and years that you've poured into me. And I've failed and flopped and you've picked me up again. God, please get your investment out of me. Would you, Lord? And that continues to be my prayer. And look at this word right here. I want to be profitable for the master. I want to be profitable for the Lord Jesus Christ. He's done so much for me. He's done so much for you. Why don't we just start bearing some fruit for him now? Why don't we just make it good and final for him? And so if you look at, remember, we're talking about holiness. I'm going to get to this in just a second. But hold that thought. In John 15, Jesus talks about being, you know, he's the vine. Jesus was so awesome in his teachings. He gave you so many visuals and things that you could remember. He said, look, I'm the vine, you're the branches, okay? I, I, everything comes from me out to the branches so that, you know, sometimes he cuts off branches that aren't bearing any fruit, all right. While other branches that do bear fruit, he goes ahead and prunes. What does it mean when God starts pruning your life? He's sanctifying you. You're going, you said, God, why did you just cut that out of my life? I like that. That was going well. No, snip, snip, snip. What happened? He's sanctifying your life. And, and Tina was reading this book. It says, don't waste your, what is it called? Don't. Don't waste your pain. Right now, every single person in this room is going through some kind of painful something or other. It may not be you personally. It might be somebody that you love. But you are going through a painful process. You know what God's doing? He's snip-snipping you right now. He's sanctifying you. And, and I'm telling you this morning, don't waste your pain. Work with God. Cooperate with God through the painful process so that you can become fruitful the way that he wants you to be fruitful. Let's read on. It says he, he sanctifies you, he prunes you so that you can be even more fruitful. Now look at this. I'm just going to pause here before we read any more verses. Holiness causes fruitfulness. Here's one reason why God wants you to be fruitful is without his holiness, you won't be fruitful, and God really wants you to be fruitful. And you and I, we want to be fruitful for the Lord, I believe. I really believe that. I think every one of us wants to be fruitful for God. Guess what? You need the key ingredient of, fruit, or of holiness in your life. You've got to be holy, and God wants to make you holy. It's a lifelong process. Remember that from last week. It's a lifelong process. In verse 4 now of John 15, it says, Jesus says, remain in me. Remember, I'm the vine, so remain in me as I remain in you. And that's what holiness is. When you get into the canopy of Jesus and you say, I'm going to be in Jesus. I'm going to keep my thoughts in Jesus, my actions, reactions in Jesus. That, in fact, is what holiness is, is remaining 
in Jesus. So he says, remain in me. No branch can bear fruit of itself. It must remain in the vine. In other words, it must remain in God's holiness. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And I want to tell you what a Christian is versus a disciple. I think there's a lot of Christians, in quotes, but there's not many disciples. And you know what a disciple is? It's a holy Christian. (laughs) It's a Christian who's decided to pursue the sanctifying power of God in their lives, and they're going to... They're going to separate themselves from corrupting influences and say, enough is enough. I'm going with God. I'm following Jesus. The world behind me, the cross before me, I am going after God. And I might get pruned here and there, but that's all right, because I want to be fruitful for the master. Now, I want you to think about this. To me, for me, there's four types of fruit. There's four types of fruit that God wants you to have. The first one is internal fruit. What is that? The fruits of the Spirit. He wants you to have love. He wants you to grow in faith. He wants you to grow in God confidence. He wants you to grow in in joy. He wants you to grow in in gentleness and in self-control. That's the internal fruit. But there's another kind of fruit that God wants you to have. He wants you to make disciples. He wants you to have discipleship fruit. And I told you this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I saw some shock on some people's faces. But let me tell you what, after two or three years, after giving your heart to the Lord and you're a Christian, it's time for you to be making disciples. And I want you to ask yourself, not in a condemning way, not to beat yourself up, but who are you discipling right now? Who are you discipling right now? Who are you taking under your wing and giving spiritual mentorship to and showing someone how to read their Bible and showing them how to have a prayer life and showing them how to live their lives for Jesus? Who are your disciples? God wants you to have disciple fruit or discipleship fruit. The third kind of fruit that God wants you to have is church fruit. All right. When you come to church, you don't just come and warm these beautiful cushiony little chairs that we have. We want you to come and do something. <laughs> we want you to be a part of the body of believers, whether it's it's nursery work, <laughs> whether it's going. Let me tell you what. If you hear that somebody hasn't if you see and you look around, and you say so and so hasn't been in church for a couple of weeks. It's on you. Pick up the phone and call them and find out what's going on. It's on you to go check up on people. If you hear somebody's in the hospital, go visit them. All right? Go do and be what God wants you to be inside the church. But the fourth kind of fruit is the fruit of the world. God has a gift for you for this world. He's got fruit for you to bear in this world. Some people are gardeners. Man, be a gardener. Enjoy it. Some people are photographers. Enjoy it. Give your gift to the world. For me, it's business. I love business. I can't get business out of my brain. I want to write about business. I want to help business. I want to consult business. I want to make streamlined processes. Hey, that's my gift to the world. You have a gift for the world. You have fruit for the world. Go do it. God's put that love in your heart for a reason. Don't don't squash it. Don't shove it in the ground and waste it. 
But I tell you what, if we're going to be fruitful, we've got to have the holiness of God in our lives. Got to have the, the, the holiness of God. You've got to crave God's purity in your life and, and God's goodness and his, his black and whiteness. He sees things very black and white. Some movies we watch, we should not be watching. Some music we listen to, we shouldn't be listening to. Some relationships we have, we shouldn't be having. God wants us to be holy. But there's many more things I want to tell you, and I don't want to take too much of your time this morning. Acts 13, verses 2 through 4. Look at this, man. So here's the early church in Antioch, I believe. Up there in kind of the Syria-Turkey area there. I think it's more in, in Turkey, actually. And this church was on fire for Jesus. <laughs> they were on fire for Jesus. And they were fasting and praying. And during that time of fasting and praying, by the way, all Christians should fast and pray. Not all the time. Good grief, we'd shrivel up and die if we fasted all the time. But here and there, when we're meeting opposition, we're having a difficult time. It's time to get down and dirty and say, you know what? I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray until God comes through for me. And he breaks down this, this wall that's in front of me, or this mountain that's in my way. You need to fast and pray. Where do you fast? Well, you can fast a meal. I fast from sugar because that's my thing. All right. Um, you might fast from social media. You might fast from entertainment. I don't know. You can fast from a zillion things. But what you do is you say, OK, I'm going to get this thing out of the way for a little bit. And I am going to pray through. I'm going to pray through, man. Pray, pray. through. Is it hard to get to God? No, God's easy to get to. It's all my distractions that I'm praying through. I gotta get through my distractions. And you can do it, by the way. You can do it. I've seen junior hires, I've seen elementary kids fast and pray and get through to God and get through what God wants for them. So they're fasting and praying. Look at this. It says, the Holy Spirit spoke to this church and they said, now separate for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on these two men and they sent them away. Look. Separate from me and then send them back out again. <laughs> so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went up and started their missionary journey, which is just an absolutely thrilling adventure that you should read. But look at this. Why does God make us holy? God separates us from the world in order to send us back out to the world. He pulls you out of the world does some adjustments, dismantles you, reconfigures you, and then puts you back out into the world. That's why monasteries are mind-boggling. God doesn't want you to go be away from the population of the world. You know, we're the salt of the earth, man. We should be in the world day in and day out. That's why I pray as a pastor, God, always give me a secular job because I want to be in the world I want to be in the world, not of it, but I want to be in it, influencing it. I'll never forget talking to this guy. I've told this story before, but it's such a good story. This guy was a, he has his own insurance agency and now is a big wig in Dallas, but this guy was amazing. He's a Christian. In fact, I just talked to him a month ago. Now he's a 
managing director, I think. But anyways, he would go at night after all his employees left. He'd go from office to office praying over every single employee. They were his. See, God pulled him out of the world and then put him back into the world to make a difference. And then he took some of his employees and he, he made them, you know, he started discipling them, mentoring them not only for business, but spiritually leading them to the Lord, teaching them how to read their Bibles. This guy was very successful in business. And then I talked to him just the other day, and now he's got a women's group in his business, a, a women's prayer group, and there's like 30 women there every week or periodically at least. They're, they're seeking the Lord, and he obviously lets them use a boardroom or conference room. See, God has pulled us out of the world to put us back in again, Amen. to put us back in again. I look at Sister Doris there at Good, uh, Good Samaritan. Man, we go, we do church there. We have a service there with the, with the elderly folks. But what does Doris do? She doesn't really want to be there. She wishes she was back home. But you know what she's done? She started a Bible study, and she's discipling people there every week. And she gets her Bible, her study Bible, with all the notes. She asks the people there to make some photocopies, and she hands them out to the. And she's discipling people in the world. And I could go on and on as I see some of your faces. I know you're doing the same thing. It's exciting. That's what, man, that's what this life is all about. And then I look at Don who's unfortunately ended up back in, in jail, and we're praying for him. You know what Don's doing? He has a prayer meeting there with, with like seven to eight people every day in his dorm. He, they pull together and they pray. And I look at Don. He's been there now for a week. You know what? Unfortunately, it's not his fault. But you know what? He's making a difference right where he's at. And you can too, and you should too. Don't waste the time that we have in this short life. Praise God. You must assume for now that you are where you're supposed to be at and make the most of it even if you don't like it. Do what you've got to do. God's holiness is needed in your life to separate you, but then to toss you right into the mess of this world. <laughs> That's where God wants us to be. In Acts 16, verses 6 through 7, it says, Now, when they'd gone to Pergamum, hey, this is some of those missionary travels that I was telling you about, subsequent to them being separated and then sent in the region of Galatia. Look at this. Paul was forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Can you imagine? I want to go preach to these people, and the Holy Spirit says, No, you can't. I don't want you to. And then it doesn't stop there in verse 7. It, he does, the Holy Spirit does it again. And after uh, they'd come from Messiah, I believe it's how you pronounce it, um, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit didn't permit them either. And let me tell you what. You know why God needs you, why you need God's holiness, and why God wants you to have holiness? He wants to stop you when you need to be stopped. You know... For us, any time is good. This is what the Bible says. For me, any time is good. But there's a specific timing that the Holy Spirit has. And if we have, the whole, if we have holiness, we have the Holy Spirit with us, we'll know when we're not, to suppo we're not supposed to do something. Or we'll be prompted to do something. 
But we need God's holiness in order to know when to do and when not to do. I'll never forget, I would, I'd uh, come up with this, it's a long story, but I'd come up with this training at work, and I was excited about it, and then I got discouraged. Some things happened, I got discouraged, and I, I, I told my wife, you know what, Tina, I'm not going to do this. It's just not going to work out. I had offered, and they would said, yeah, you can, but they weren't too excited about it. I had a dream that night that scared the living daylights out of me, and I felt like it was from the Lord. Most of my dreams are just weird dreams. But this one I felt had significance, and I got up in the middle of the night, right about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I went on a walk. I was terrified, and I started praying, God, what is this dream about? What does this mean? And, and then I, it, it dawned on me, God wanted me to continue with that training. And as soon as I'd made that decision to not turn around and not do it, but rather to do it, this peace came over me, this happiness, this uh, peace is the best word, came over me. Holiness will keep you from dangerous mistakes. If you have God's holiness in your life, it will keep you from dangerous, making dangerous mistakes. 1 Corinthians 2. I'm sorry we're jumping around with so many different scriptures here, but... That's usually how we roll. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Here's another reason why God wants us to, to be holy. Now we have received not a spirit of the world, but we've re- received the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Boy, this scripture hit me like a ton of bricks during my own personal devotion time this week and last And I started asking God, God, what have you freely given to me? Because I want to know what it is. Lord, let your holiness show me what you've freely given me. And I want to share these four powerful, unbelievable things. This is amazing. Look, God has freely given us four things. First of all, he's given us identity without being well known. Humans feel that in order to have an identity, it must mean that you're well-known. But that's not how it works in God's economy. <laughs> we, we have an identity without anybody knowing us. And look at this. God has given us significance even without accomplishment. You may not have accomplished anything by the standards of this world. But God says, in me and my son, you are significant. And then he's also told us, and this one means near and dear to my heart, he's told us that we are secure even if we don't have much in our bank account. You are secure. You see how God operates, and we've talked about this. God declares certain things, and it is what he says no matter what we see or feel, no matter what reality tells us. He says, look, you have an identity, you're significant, you're secure, and you are also safe even in this unsafe world. You are safe. What has God freely given us? These four things and many more, many more things. But these are the things that have really been speaking to me. And so why does God want you to be holy? So that you can know what he's freely given you. Otherwise, you wouldn't know this. You wouldn't be aware of this. Praise God. Why does God want us to to be holy? Well, he wants to show you what you freely have in him. Otherwise, you'd never know it. You'd never know it. We'd be ignorant, blind, and not receiving all the good blessings that God has for us. Well, here's another one. 
God wants to make us holy so that we can be closer to him. Don't worry, we're almost done, all right? He wants us to be closer to him. Without holiness, we can't even see God. The Bible tells us that. Without holiness, you can't see God. Well, I want to be holy. I want him to sanctify me and grow me up in him so I can get closer and closer and closer. If God is holy, he tells me, I want you to be holy because I'm holy because we'll be like magnets that just get closer and closer and closer to one another. So in Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 22, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have the confidence to enter the most high place, the most holy place, look at this, we're talking about getting close to God. I want to go into the most holy place, the closest place where I can possibly be to God, by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way opened up to us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have the great priest over the, high, over the house of God, who is Jesus, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Do you see that? How can I get into the holy place? Praise God through Jesus. And I'm just going to get closer and closer and closer. Because if you, holiness rubs off on people. You get close to the Holy Spirit, his holiness rubs off on you. And you find yourself just getting closer and closer to Jesus every day, loving him more and more, hearing his, his rich voice and his promises. But look at this just really quick because it's, it drives me crazy how people use hypocrisy as an excuse not to get close to God, not to come to church. They say, oh, the church is full of hypocrites. That's baloney, man. I mean, yeah. There's probably some hypocrites, and I'm, I'm a hypocrite sometimes. But it says here, I come to God with a sincere heart, not a, with a hypocritical heart. An imperfect heart, I, you know, I make mistakes, you do too, we all do, but that doesn't make me a hypocrite. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. So the next time somebody says, oh, I'm not going to church because it's full of hypocrites, say, that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Why don't you come to my church and you'll see what I'm talking about. But let's read on. It draws us closer to God. And then there's these two verses that gives us three reasons why God wants us to, get, to, to be holy, to be sanctified. And it's found in Romans 12, 1 and 2. But the three reasons are this. He wants us to be holy in order that we can worship him. Holy so that we can finally be changed. And holy so that we can understand God's will. We're going to talk about these just briefly, but first, Romans 12, verses 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in, in the mercies of God, or in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Have you ever been, and maybe this happened to you today, you've been in church, everybody's worshiping the Lord, they're singing, and you can't worship. Have you ever done that? You can't worship. You're worried about something. You're distracted by something or who knows what. Holiness helps you break through and start worshiping God. If you can't worship God, you need to pray, God, make me holier. Sanctify me so that I can finally start worshiping you. Have you ever been in the place where people talk about, oh, I prayed for 30 minutes this, you know, Yes, this morning, or I prayed for an hour, or I prayed for 15 minutes. You think, oh my word, I can't pray for three minutes. How on earth did they just pray for 30 minutes? What's up with that? How did they do that? 
I'll tell you what, the holiness of God will make prayer easy for you. As you start that progress that I told you, that process of getting more and more sanctified, closer and closer to Jesus, less and less corrupted by the stupid influences of the world, you will be able to pray naturally. Now I find myself praying while I'm in the car. I'm praying wherever I'm working. I'm praying in my sleep sometimes. That's unusual. But I'm, I'm with Jesus all the time. Holiness makes you able to pray. So if you're stressed out because you can't seem to concentrate on prayer, don't worry. It's okay. Just get closer to God. Get closer to his holiness and ask God for his sanctification. You'll be able to worship. You'll be able to pray. You'll be able to talk to God and listen to God. Let's read on in in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Now in verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says you can change you, you can be transformed. You can be renewed. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to change myself and I couldn't do it. But when God's holiness got involved, I finally started able to, being able to change an attitude, uh, you know, sp- not spouting off in anger or foul language or, you know what, finally turning off the TV when it was so hard to turn it off before. Now I've changed and now we can turn it off. You know, now, now he's changing me. I used to worry all the time. Now I'm worrying less. God's helping me. He's changing me. All right? I, I used to panic sometimes, and now God's helping me not to panic so much. All right? I used to worry about what people think. I told this to the Irvin students. Tina and I did. I said, you know, we say, hey, who's brave enough to pray in front of everybody today? There's 20 high schoolers all looking at Big old bug eyes like, there's no way I'm going to pray in front of all my friends. I said, look. Watch me pray, all right, and notice that I could give a rip about what you think about me. I'm praying to God right now, all right? I didn't used to be able to do that, but God has changed me. I don't worry so much about what people think about me anymore. So God's holiness helps you to change the things that you can't change for yourself, and reading on in, in uh, continuing verse 2, it says, Be transformed, renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is. And so many, especially newer Christians, are saying, God, what is your will? I w- I'll do it, just, but I don't know it. I don't know what your will is. As you progress in God's holiness, you'll start knowing God's will. You'll know what, he, what his good pleasure is, what he likes, what he dislikes. And especially studying the word of God, you get to know God's nature and you understand his will better and better. The last few here is, look at this. You, God wants you to be holy to fulfill God's assignment for your life. You have an assignment. You have a reason, a purpose for living and assignment. I love the word assignment because it's narrower than purpose. Purpose seems kind of broad. Assignment is like straight up, this is what I'm supposed to do. But using the word purpose in 1 John 3 verse 8, the Son of God appeared for this purpose or for this assignment to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus' assignment was to come and destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? Good grief. You know, the list is a mile long. The work of the devil is when I'm reading this week and finding out about this beautiful little 14-year-old girl that's been talked into to sex change. That's a work of the devil. <laughs> yeah? 
that's not right. To have a child who hasn't even formed any strong opinions about anything yet and say, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and do some operations on you and ruin your life in the process. All right, that's uncool. God came to destroy the works of the devil. And God wants to use you and I to stand up strong and say, enough's enough with this silliness. We're not going down this path. We're going to pray against it. We're going to stand against it. And we're going to refuse it because it's not from Jesus. And you know what? If you're a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 12-year-old, 16-year-old, doesn't matter. Let me tell you a little something, all right? Sexuality aside, I just look at my life and just in terms of the females that I thought I would love was different when I was 16, changed when I was 18, changed when I was 20, changed when I was 22, and changed yet again when I was 24 and finally got married. All right? Just realize, young person, that your opinions and your feelings and your perspectives change progressively. So please don't make that kind of decision at a young age. Please don't do it. But God came to destroy all the works of the devil. And I love this this, uh, quote from this book called Vessels of Fire and Glory by Mario Murillo. It says, your assignment in the army, the assignment, remember? We can't know God's assignment without, without his holiness. Your assignment in the army of God is your individual expression and extension of God's destruction of the works of the devil. Every way, every one of us has a unique way of destroying the works of the devil in this world. Every single one of us. And God's called you to do that. To stand up. Esther destroyed the plot against the Jewish nation. And Friday, when you get your text for Bible reading this week, <laughs> you can read wherever you want to. These are just suggestions. But you get your text, you're going re- to see... I need to read Esther chapters one through four, four chapters. Are you kidding me? Read them. When you start reading Esther, you won't want to put it down. It's like one of the top novels ever written, but it's true. It's a truthful event. David destroyed Goliath as the enemy of Israel's army. All right. He had his unique fashion of destroying the works of the devil in this world, and you do too. Please don't go out and kill anybody. We're not doing that. We're not talking about that level of activism, but spiritual activism. God's righteousness righteousness in your life to go destroy the works of the enemy. Whew, I'm getting tired, man. Acts 1, verses 4 through 8 says... On one occasion, while they were eating with him, this is with Jesus, the disciples were with Jesus, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait here for the gift of my father, the one he's promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John the Baptist, uh, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with what? The Holy Spirit. You'll be baptized with holiness. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, the holiness of God comes on you. And I'm not detracting from the Spirit of God. I'm just trying to emphasize the holiness, holy part of this right now, the holiness, comes on you. You will be my witnesses. That is your assignment in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, we need God's holiness to fulfill his assignment in our lives and in this world. We need it. Desperately, the holiness of God. 
Let's review in just summary. Two slides because it's kind of long. But let's read this. Why does God want you to be holy? To be profitable and fruitful for God. He wants to separate you from the world to throw you back into the world. He wants you to be holy so that you avoid the pitfalls and dangerous mistakes that we're all confronted with on a daily basis. He wants you to be holy so that you can understand what God has freely given you. And he wants you to be holy so that you're able to pray and worship him. He wants you to be holy so that you can be close to him. He wants you to be holy so that you can finally change yourself with his help. He wants you to be holy so that you can understand his will and get it. And, and it's, it's with clarity and it's something that you, you can, can understand and, and, and work out in your life. And then lastly, he wants you to be holy so that you can fulfill his mighty assignment for your life. Let's pray. 